जी को पाओ की जाए भगवान की जाए सो एनी क्वेश्चन वी डोंट हैव वन Yes. I've always had a little bit of a difficulty distinguishing or understanding the difference between the Paramatma and the Brahman realization and the conception between these two. So mm-hmm. perhaps you could enlighten me. Mhm. Yes. Um The uh, Typically, the the goal, as we explain it, as Krishna's Kabirash Goswami has explained it, as Jiva Goswami has explained it, the uh, Brahman feature of the Absolute, which sometimes we've compared to Krishna's halo or aura, is a non-determinate or indeterminate form of the Absolute. So there's no qualities there. There's nothing um, uh, to be distinguished uh there's as such how much you could say about it hmm? compared to krishna who is the determinate form of the absolute and there's not enough you can say about him you can just go on and on and on right um which was the epiphany of sugadev which we touched on uh, on the other night uh, moving from the brahman focus to bhagwan kind of skipped over the paramatma which you your questions about but the um, the uh, the goal of the gyanis and the gyanmarg typically is what we um refer to as brahma sayuja so there's an emphasis in the upanishads in the shruti which would be the main texts of the classical system of gyan um there's an emphasis in the shruti in the likeness or the oneness between brahman and atma there are enough statements about the difference too but you can avoid those shruti texts um or try to explain them in the way that shankar did which we would disagree with but at any rate um the 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 typical goal of the gyanis is to, is brahma sayuja to merge with brahman hmm? we accept that 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 is a distinct possibility one can merge with brahman but when we say that we don't agree with the advaitan perspective which begins with the idea that there there is no atma really the atma is an is an illusion hmm? so atma is brahman brahman just hasn't realized it in that corner of himself or something uh so um so uh we we acknowledge that there is an individual atma and the atma can let's say rest in brahman and dwell in the likeness to such an extent that they they don't feel any difference and um by contrast or in contrast to that the yogis if we go from let's say the upanishads to the yoga sutra there we find a dualistic um idea 
there is the Purusha, and there's Prakriti, which isn't the case, at least for the Advaitins. There's no Prakriti, that's really just, that's just an illusion. But there, there is the Purusha, and there's also mention of the Ishwar. Now, some schools of yoga, which I would say are influenced by the powerful uh, and, uh, for a long time, dominant influence of Advaita Vedanta, some schools of, of Astanga Yoga, following the Yoga Sutras, who see the Ishwar as ultimately not different from the Purusha, who you can merge with. So that would be called a Paramatma Sauja. We accept that there's a, some kind of possibility of Paramatma Sayuja, but I think the Yoga Sutras more accurately understood um, one of the the most prominent advocate of the sutras that whose whose students popularized in the West um, Astanga Yoga, those students being Ayingar and Patabi Joyce. Their guru, I'm referring to Krishna Namacharya, for example, he uh, openly stated that the goal of yoga is Vaikuntha. Hmm. So, Ishwar Pranidhan is mentioned in this yoga sutra. So, the worship of Ishwar, hmm. fixing of the mind in yoga on Ishwar, hmm. is a powerful practice. And culminates in the higher end of the understanding from our perspective of the Yoga Sutra doctrine in Shantarasa. Rupa Goswami has explained that the object of love, the Vishayalambana, the object of love for Shantarasa is Paramatma. I have sometimes referred to as the Paramatma realization in Shantarasa as using a Catholic term, the beatific vision, passive adoration. In our explanation of such passive adoration in which the Paramatma is the object of love, the shelter of that love, the Shantarasa devotee himself, is not interested in the pastimes of of, of, of Narayan, um, but only the form of the of the absolute. So it's very it's a kind of an inactive, similar to Brahman still, but nonetheless there's a there's a there's a there's a uh, uh, there's not an absolute non-difference. There's the Ishwar, and then and then there's 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 the Jiva, enlightened as he may be. Um, there, from, you to use our terminology in Shantaras, there's a unity and a difference at the same time, right? So the Yoga Sutras are are very strongly dualistic in two senses. One, there is Prakriti, and there is Purusha. In another sense, there is the individual Purusha, and then there's the Ishwar. So. I would say at the high end, again, of Paramatma realization, as we um, speak about it, 
is Shantarasa. And when you come to Shantarasa, it's 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 uh, categorically different than Brahma Sayuja, where there's no rasa. So Brahma Sayuja is more or less a cancellation out of all the problems of material existence, and entering into a restful state of what would you call it? Um, contentless consciousness. It doesn't even make sense. You had to be conscious of something, but contentless consciousness is sometimes likened to a deep, deep sleep, which can be welcomed at times and can be refreshing if you get up to realize it. <laughs> uh, so, closing down the, the the psychic and the physical dimension of our present uh, experience, which are products of karma, hmm, through introspection and the yoga of jnana, we would say with a little bhakti or with regard for bhakti in, in, in the least, can effectively close those two psychic and physical dimensions of our reality down, like, just to, just to use an analogy, what happens at night when you sleep deeply and you don't dream. So the physical body is not functioning. Of course, obviously it's breathing, so the analogy breaks down to some extent, but it's not functioning in a way that you're aware of. You're tuned into, and the the dream, dream. There's 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 the waking state closes down, and then the dream state, which is the active mind, can also close down in a deep sleep, and that's where you really get rest. The uh, the typical um, statement about that from Vedanta is, and when you woke up, you said. You, 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 I, I slept well, which means, well, your mind wasn't functioning, your body was not active, but you remembered. How can you remember something that you didn't experience, that you were experiencing, or you were alive and well, even though the body and the mind closed down? Hmm? So the analogy may break down, but to some extent it's a way of, analogies are ways of trying to help us look at the world of our experience, draw examples from it that help us to understand concepts that are really beyond uh, thought, beyond explanation, require transrational disciplines to to ascend uh, to an experience, right? But it's a fairly good um, analogy. And um, so, like deep sleep, Sometimes this Brahma Sayuja is likened to Sasupti, which means deep sleep, in the macrocosmic sense. So there's Susupti in the microcosmic sense. What is Susupti in the microcosmic sense? That's when you go to sleep at night. You sleep deeply and you don't dream. And it's very restful. When you wake up, you feel like you're really, really rested. So what is Susupti in the macrocosmic after all, we are a microcosm of the macrocosm, the, 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 the big soul, the paramatma. We are an atma. Hmm? The one becomes many, right? Atomic souls. And then there's the oversoul. So as we go to sleep at night and our world turns off, so to speak, so he goes to sleep. 
and the world turns off. That means the physical um, feature of matter enfolds into the subtle feature and the subtle feature enfolds into the Paramatma, the source of that Maya Shakti. And the jivas, the Tatasta jivas, they enfold back into them as well. But because the physical and the psychic dimensions have closed down, karma is not active. It hasn't gone away, but it's in a dormant now condition. And so the jiva who is experiences differentiation and individuality in this world because of karma. What different, what separates us from one another is our karma, which is a product of our desires and the actions that, that in, in pursuit of them, right? So we're made up of these desires and this karma separates us from one another, distinguishes us, right? Because that's all enfolded now back into the Oversoul, who's who's going in deep sleep, into susupti, that karma is no longer operative, and therefore the individuality, as expressed here, is closed down, and we go into a almost like a from a hetero heterogeneous heterogeneous state to a homogeneous state called susupti within the Mahavishnu. Hmm? I mean, we are part of his dream. That's a big statement. We're part of God's dream. Kind of like, whoa, I'm not so independent entirely here. So anyway, he goes into a deep sleep. Of course, he's not dreaming. Everything closes down. So there's a very restful condition for the jiva. But it's not eternal. Because, as I said, the karma is resting. It's almost like he manifested the world, which is... The jivas in relation to the realm of his jurisdiction, the Maya Shakti, because they're small, they can't be big like him, they're small. He is not troubled by the Maya Shakti, but they are. Though he has to rescue them, Avatar and send the Vedas and so forth. But it's almost like at a certain point he goes, Oh God, I gotta take some rest and close the whole thing down. We'll visit really re, re, let's revisit this tomorrow. Hmm? Don't think about today until tomorrow. <laughs> so, uh, so again, he wakes, and and the world again expresses itself. Right. So the, the difference in that sense between, well, the microcosmic susupti and the macrocosmic susupti, we've explained. Right. Deep sleep at night for you. Big sleep for the deep sleep for the universe and for the universal soul. But the difference between that macrocosmic susupti and mukti, entering into Brahman, which we also liken to a deep sleep, is that it doesn't last, although it may go on for a long time, susupti. Whereas entering into Brahman is a permanent closing down of, for me, or you, we, individuals, the psychic and physical dimensions of our present experience, which are all karmic products. So there's a way to cut, close, close down that karma, right? That's called sadhana. And there are different disciplines for that in different traditions that are, as I said the other night, we talked about ego-effacing. And if that's done successfully, 
one, and that, and this is one's objective. It's kind of a, kind of a Buddhist perspective, like we're suffering. Let's close it down. There's just not a real lot of difference between the idea of Brahma Sayuja and Brahma Nirvana. I don't see a lot of creativity in the Buddha compared to what the Upanishads say. They also reject the Karmakanda, as the Buddha did, saying that's not what it's all about. The, the, the perverti marg, the path of acquisition, which the Buddha rejected, right? So, what, he, what he really adds, Buddha Avatar, I'm not sure. Therefore, we, we try to explain him as well. Got to start somewhere, something like that. Just reject the Vedas. Most people believe in the karma conduct, Triguni Vishayabhita, this is their preoccupation. If you think that's what they say, just forget that. Just listen to me. You're suffering, here's a way to stop suffering. Something like that. So, so enter into Brahman, Brahman, Brahman Sayuja. What I would say is that in Brahman, the equation of Sat Chit Ananda is that one's Chit, cognizance, and one's ananda, love or joy, is subordinate to one's sat. Or the sat realization that I'm eternal, that I don't die. Hmm? That's pretty blissful. Hmm? There's no suffering experiencing that there's no suffering, is the joy. It is the knowing. So there's sat, chit, ananda, but it's but the, the chit and the ananda are kind of derived from the sat, the focus on the sat. If we go to the other end of the spectrum for a moment to bhakti, it's the other way around. So the ananda, the love, well, the sat and chit are related to that. So in, the, in, in Goloka, Vrindavan, where the love is the highest, it's the, the fullest reach of ananda, rasananda. The knowing is depicted as being limited. Right? What do they know in Vrindavan? All they know is that they love Krishna. That's all they know. Right? They're depicted as not knowing the Upanishads, not knowing the Veda, not knowing so many things. They just love Krishna. And their existence is depicted as being rural, not full of Aishvarya, limited uh, in, in, in that sense, simple. Hmm? Yeah. So it's the opposite end. Now when you go to yoga hmm, and the Paramatma, then the chit becomes more uh, prominent. And the love and the existence are kind of derived from, from, from the chit. Hmm? Um, so there, there's, there's a knowing of the other and, and loving that I know. Hmm? It's not who, it's not, what do they say? It's not uh, what you can do with who you know or something like that. 
it's not who you are, what, 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 who you know. <laughs> so I know the Paramatma. Um, there you are, as it's sometimes explained also, Salokya, living on the planet of God. I'm loving, knowing that I'm living on the planet of God, um, which is a pretty cool place, but I'm not interested in going there, just checking it out, moving around too much. I'm just witnessing him, hmm? something like that. So, now here we're talking about the Paramatma, which is, we've already explained as the oversoul of this world, but this Paramatma, who's the oversoul of this world, is, of course, as we mentioned the other night, the expansion of the Mahasankarshan by Kuntha. Hmm? From Mahasankarshan to Mahavishnu. So that there may be a world in which bhakti and mukti can be bestowed. Right? Hmm. So, worship of the Paramatma, and as you close down the world through such yogic practice and so forth with this as your objective, that Paramatma kind of enfolds, if you will, back into the Mahasankarshan. Hmm? Narayan, four-armed uh, Narayan. We typically see all the different avatars that go together with the forearms, right? So, in the high end, then, the yogi, sitting in Vaikuntha, in, in eternal uh, meditation, experiencing the beatific vision, loving to know, hmm? he, he, you know, uh, knowing, knowing what? That's why I say, in Brahman, what is the knowing? In Brahman, what is the loving? What do you know? There's no object to know, right? So in yoga, there's an object to know, hmm? paramatma, hmm? Um, without the object, knowing, I don't want to say it's not there, but it, 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 now it's its kind of limited and, and uh, it, it's, uh, it, it, when, when, you, when, you, when you have an object to apprehend, then it's uh, your capacity to experience the fullness of a, of a cognitive existence is enhanced. Mm-hmm. So he knows and and he, and he is. He knows that he is, and he's in a good. And he's in a place. Hmm? Even in even in Brahman, like you're no place, but you are. Where, where's the place? <laughs> so, so. Um, and uh, and for loving, of course, you know who. There's the, there's the, there's the compassionate love of the Gyani. Feeling sorry for the plight of others and so forth, and, and they'll often do these uh, in, engage in uh, these uh, sattvic prabhu karma of good activities to help help people, open hospitals, and feed people, and so forth. This kind of this is their prabhu karma, sattvic prabhu karma that gyan itself can do can't do away with. It needs to play itself out. So there, it's playing itself out. Hmm. When it's over, then they go and sit in Brahman, and then I don't know where the compassion goes at that, that point. Yeah. So, so Brahman, Paramatma, and then there are different 
we can say Paramatma. Let's take the Paramatma idea to Shantarasa hmm, and differentiate now Shantarasa from Dasirasa, Sakirasa, Vatsalya, and Madhurya. What's the difference? Hmm? When you, through Bhakti, realize Dasya, Sakya, Vatsalya, Madhurya, a defining emotion in relation to God that that has a corresponding personality and form and and so forth. That is called a stayibhav. That's something that doesn't change. Now you've got an emotion, a dominant emotion that defines you, gives shape to you, gives and it's the basis of of prem that has a form. So that doesn't change. But when we go to Shantarasa, one of the key differences is, is you could be in Shantarasa and it could be changed to Dasirasa, to Sakirasa, to Madhurirasa. If you have association, now it's not that there's people going around in Vaikuntha preaching to yogis, wake up, you should become a, a Dasya Bhakta. So it pertains more to the practicing stage. Hmm? Um, so, in this world where that kind of possibility more readily exists, but from Shantarasa, one can, through association, attain Dasarasa, that the Kumaras had that opportunity. Hmm? But because they made offense at Vaikuntha, although they were in touch with Dasya Bhaktas, Jai and Vijay, they could only get Shantarasa. Hmm. But, in due course, we find in, in Bhagavatam, they get the association of, of Sankarshan, hmm? hear the Bhagavatam from him, and they go from the Shantarasa to Madhurya. Hmm? And then there's a whole Nimbarka Sampradaya of Saki Bhav. Hmm? Rupa Goswami says, what does he say? He says, Sanat, Sanatan. He wants to say, these are sober guys, and this what this worship of Radha is about. It's very, even they worship him, although they're in a different sampradaya. They're Ragmark sampradaya. So we have evidence for the Bhagavatam, for the Bhagavatam support this idea that Shantarasa, that can be changed. So it's kind of it's kind of on on the fence hmm? there. Hmm. Now that's the high end. I mentioned that there are those who, I believe, influenced by Dvaita Vedanta, which used to almost have a monopoly in the popular sense on what um, Hinduism, Vedanta, Yoga culminates in, which Christians just jumped on. They say you're God. That's That's the difference between Christianity and Hinduism. Which you think is better? Are you God? Um, the kind of simple, simple argument. Hmm? When they come in touch with Vaishnavism, then it becomes a little, a little different. Here's love of God, and there are very sophisticated systems: Ramanuja's system, Gaudiya system, others, and so forth. So, and praise, blessed is the Prince of Peace. So, no problem. We don't have a problem with 
if you want to argue, that's another thing. Um, so, influenced by that, powerful was Shankar, powerful philosopher and powerful <coughs> person and, and individual. Although he's quieted by by Madhva, by by Ramanuja, still in the popular realm, there was so much in place. You had your Smarta Brahmins, who were the religious priests within the Shankar Sampradaya, all in place. And so to displace them... with Ramanuja philosophy or Madhva philosophy, which are Vaishnava philosophies, and replies to the uh, philosophical perspective, the worldview of, of Shankar. It's not easy to do. It's, 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 uh, you can make a good argument, but then for that argument to take hold and, and really change, um, move these people out, move these people in, and so forth. You know, that, that, that's another thing. So it, it had a strong hold, and it came first. Hmm? So, at any rate, influenced by that, then you have some yogis, and amongst them, in, in the popular world, at Patabi Joyce, he was a... Uh, from what I had seen, which was limited, but I think enough to determine that he had the idea, merge with the Paramatma. Hmm? Almost as if Paramatma is just another name for Brahman. This is also, interestingly enough, as an aside, a unique contribution of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Brahmeti, Paramatmeti, Bhagavaniti, Shabdite. This verse from Srimad Bhagavatam, which comes in the first canto, second chapter, is the basis of the. It's 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 uh, it's uh, it has a very strong um, position in the Tattvasandarbha. And the whole Bhagavat Sandarbha, the Paramatma Sandarbha, and Krishna Sandarbha, well, Krishna, those the first two, Paramatma and 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 and, and Bhagavat Sandarbha are based on this verse. Hmm? Brahmeti, Paramatmeti, Bhagavaniti, Shabdite. It would be thought, or is thought by other Vaishnav Sampradayas, that these are just different, you know, God's known as Paramatma, he's known as Brahman, he's known as, as um, Bhagwan. Hmm? But our Acharyas say, these are different experiences of the Absolute, approached by different disciplines that have enough in common that they're um, uh, fruitful, they're ego-effacing, but they're different enough to afford different experiences, different face, experience of different faces of the Absolute. So that's a unique um, understanding. Of course, it's a Bhagavatam verse, and we're unique from other Sampradayas in our emphasis on the Bhagavatam, for which we make a very good um, Argument aside from the argument of Jiva Goswami, which is exceptional, we can make a whole other modern argument also for the um, ex- ex- exceptional position of the Bhagavatam in relation to all of the other sacred texts of the Hindus. Hmm? But at any rate, um, in this yoga perspective, which I believe is influenced by Advaita Vedanta, 
then I, I don't think you can really draw it from the Yoga Sutras. I don't think any of the ancient commentaries really do that. Then again, the Gaudiyas do acknowledge some kind of Paramatma Sayuja, merging with Paramatma. Um, We have a Bhagavat Sayuja merging with, like Agasura, merge with Krishna. That's a little different. Ultimately, he got, what kind of mukti did he get? He got Sarupya mukti, I think, a form like Vishnu. But at any rate, there is a school, um, and we can only make conjectures at this point about what their idea is based on, but it's an idea of merging with the, with the Paramatma through, through yoga, which would not be, then be the same as the beatific vision, which would not be the same as Shantarasa, because you're doing away with, it's becoming monistic, you're doing away with the, an essential, what I would say, duality of the Yoga Sutras. It's duality in a positive sense, the Paramatma and the Atma. They can come together in love, but the one doesn't become the other in an absolute, radical sense. So, I we teach, then, Brahman, that is one thing, Paramatma, uh, realization through Astanga Yoga mixed with Bhakti, Shantarasa. And we have Krishna Namacharya supporting that idea. He's from the Ramanuj Sampradaya. So he's an example of a person, we could say, Yoga Mishra Bhakti, or Bhakti Mishra Yoga. Yoga mixed with Bhakti, or Bhakti mixed with Yoga. It's probably, given the Sampradaya, probably the latter. But when you break it down to someone like Ingar, it becomes more like bhakti mixed with yoga. More emphasis on the yoga, a little bhakti. So, these uh, differences. And then, of course, when we go to Bhagwan, bhakti is prominent. So there can be bhakti mixed with karma, there can be bhakti mixed with yoga, there can be bhakti mixed with 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 with, with gyan. When we say bhakti mixed with yoga, bhakti is the main Mix yoga, paramatma, realization, or shantarasa. Hmm. Or, yeah. Uh, now, going on from there, then of course you have all, all the, the possibility of, 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 of dasiras in Vaikuntha. Hmm. Big step into, 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 into the, all that's, that's possible there. Hmm. You can become uh, a uh, what is it called? Samipya, a personal attendant of Narayan, instead of just meditating on Narayan. Then from there, of course, in many worlds, by from there, Ayodhya, Dwarka, Mathura, 
Vrindavan, the possibility of rasa and of love is expanding. The distance between these places is um, is rasa, or the extent to which the sarup shakti is is playing a role, is prominent, is active. In Brahman, it's not active. Chantaras, it's passively active. You come to Dasaras, it's 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 active, and uh, but but um, um, affording worship, reverential love. You come to Sakya now, it's 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 changing radically, hmm? because reverence is now disappearing. This is the baseline then. In, um, in Gokul, in the, in the center of the world, of the, the world of the lotus of Goloka. Hmm. Begins with that. Even the Dasi there is touched by Sakya. It's the land of friendship. Aho Bhagyam, Aho Bhagyam. Nanda Gopa Bajokasham. Yanvitram Paramanandam Puna Brahma Sanatanam. Brahma recognized like, oh, this is the land of friendship. Goodness. It's also the land of romantic love. That's another thing. This is the, ba- the baseline. And of course, I like to say the Sakirasa extends into the Dasirasa and all the way up into the Madhuryarasa also. Into Vatsalya and with the different kinds of Sakas. So it pervades. Madhuryarasa pervades in another sense and that's the hero and the heroine and everything's moving around that. In that sense, but if we don't have Dasya bundled with Madhurya or Vatsalya bundled with Madhurya, but you can bundle Madhurya with with Sakya and with Dasya, and you can have Dasya Madhurya mixed with 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 uh, or Sakya mixed with Madhurya, like yogurt mixed with sugar, sweeter. So that help. Yes, a lot to digest, but thank you. Okay, anything else? Um, when you wrote Sacred Preface, you were using the term uh, Adibotika to talk about the Madhyam uh, Adhikar. I don't, I don't know if you used that in the book later, but like, when, like while writing the book and giving talks, you were talking about it like that. So, would you say that's like dealing with other people's views is necessary to, to go from like Kanishna and Madhyam and, and Abduttama. Because you use Adibotika as in like other... Adhyatmika is like your, your own view. Adibotika is dealing with others' views. And then Adhidavika would then be, uh, I guess, revela- direct revelation. Or Esoteric. Yeah. Dealing with other views to the extent that they're out and about, hmm? and then looking at your own tradition, faith, the arguments of it in relation to them that can strengthen it. Hmm? We find the Goswamis, they were certainly. Um, aware of the different currents of thought and, and so forth. 
what does Krishna say? Don't shy away from controversy. He means like, well, there's another argument. What about that? That comes to strengthen you. Yes? Um, I wanted to ask for a friend of mine just recently picked up uh, Krishna consciousness and he dropped chanting because he's afraid how powerful it was, the experiences that he was getting. He was uh, starting to lose interest in uh, mundane matters. As much as I was trying to encourage him, he uh, would continue and I guess that's his journey, but just wondering if you could well, he might want to think, or she might want to think, what are material values and <laughs> how valuable are they? Um, but um, I think you know you should encourage a person like that to keep a good association. I have a younger brother, and when he first came to find me, because I had been missing in action for quite some time. Um, he, he ended up at a temple, and naturally they would go, oh, you're Primer's brother. Uh, so they talked to him, and they uh, explained to him, you know, their understanding of Krishna consciousness. And then he said to them, he said, it was, so they said, you know, what do you think? And he said, well, it was as if I had painted a picture of my life with watercolors, and you have thrown water on it. It's all dissolving. It, it, it's, it, was, so it was a powerful experience for him. Um, but then, you know, to put that into practice, um, we, it's possible to have epiphanies through good association. And, um, um, but then, then to not fortify those epiphanies with the very same association that they came from which is what we do in bhakti, we get some initial faith through sadhu-sangha. And then we go from the stage of initial faith to the stage of sadhu-sangha. So, adho-shradha-tata-sadhu-sangha. Without sadhu-sangha, in a broad sense, you don't get any faith. You have to meet some sadhu and get the faith. Then, to move from the stage of faith to the actual stage of sadhu-sangha is... The, is to move intelligently with the idea that my faith, which is animating me now in a new way, that's that's profound and and uh, and desirable. In order to cause that to 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 grow that, I should stay in the company of those who have that. All right. So that's then the stage of sadhusanga. Then then it's more difficult for us to succumb to rationalizing away our epiphanies, if you will, or experience in this case from chanting, we call it an epiphany. Sometimes in the beginning chanting, Krishna gives a taste. He showed himself to Narada. Then he withdrew. Then Narada had to apply himself. Uh, that much more. So, there's a tendency to 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 uh, uh, rationalize, and that's just our material conditioning coming back. So that's why it's important to have good association and understand the philosophy and put these experiences into perspective and so forth. And and even if he has or she has good association, then the fear, if you will, of 
oh, I'll be losing all of this and I still like it, it can be dealt with philosophically because you're not going to give it all up right away. Hmm? It's not going to happen. Hmm? So uh, the practical answer is do it in a, in, a, in, a, in a adjusted way. Hmm? It sounds like, and it's true, I should just give up everything now. Hmm? But in response, but you can't give up everything, give up certain things, and keep certain things in a certain way. That's the power of bhakti that allows us to do that. Hmm? You can't do that in really in the, in the yoga discipline or the gyan discipline as they're explained classically. But bhakti has more power, so you can have a family, for example. That's certainly very much the antithesis of just giving up everything, right? Just think about it. There's a way to have a family. Bhakti Vinod had, I think, 12 children. Holy cow. Hmm? I mean, I can't imagine. I can't imagine what that was. Of course, it's, it was different in those days. How <laughs> children didn't necessarily become, you know, the all-consuming deity and cost each parent in America $250,000 for their lifetime, you know, to bring them up. But, uh, but anyway, 12 kids, it's a lot. And um, and he was the great Bhakti Thakur. Hmm? So many, the vast majority of Mahabhu's associates were householders. So that's very different from being a yogi or a Buddha, giving up everything, right? Hmm? A monk, which again speaks to the power of Bhakti that can go into such a circumstance and um, still be efficacious. So. I think that that that, uh, that would be a sensible reply hmm, to such a, a friend. That you know, you get this initial idea. It means this. It does mean that. But now, how how to how to go there? Hmm? Step by step, practically. Hmm? And you can live a full life, hmm, so to speak, materially and still pursue this ideal. And then it's up to you or up to the association you have how much you're going to actually transform your life. It, it could take many lives. It could take take less. Does that help? Yes. Yeah. Let, 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 let your friend know. All right, what's the time? Anything else? We started a little early, I guess. So. Yes? The other night, Marjorie, you were talking about Bhakti Samskara. And I was thinking of like, the mechanism of how they're born. Like, uh, are they always from a previous life, or can some an experience in the childhood affect the person later in life? And how advanced must the Vaishnav, the devotee, be in order to be able to create Samskaras in, in others? Well, um, the angas of bhakti, if we absorb ourselves in them, then those will result in bhakti samskars. Going on a pilgrimage to India with other devotees, perhaps, something like that. Uh, I remember when Prabhupada was... um, 
attempting to open the Krishna Balaram temple, there was originally a, a I think, a summer Janmastami date for opening, which wasn't the time where typically all the devotees would, would go to India on pilgrimage because he had organized a Gorpunim time of year um, uh, festival. But I really wanted to go to the opening of the Krishna Balaram temple, and I, my thought was, I'm going to get... This is very dear to Prabhupada, very big thing, and I'm going to get a big bhakti samskar. <laughs> that, was, that was my thinking at the time. So I told the authorities I was planning on going. <laughs> they said, no, it's the middle of this book distribution season. and you know, I said, I really don't care <laughs> about that. <laughs> you know, I, I, this, is, this is something that's important for my eternal life. So I looked at it. It turned out not to have opened at that time. So but when I did go to the opening, which did happen to be in the springtime, of 1975, well, I got a huge bhakti samskar from Krishna Balaram. They took me in. They took me in. They accepted me. They acknowledged my aspiration. Then I probably gave me sannyas at that same time. So I was right thinking about that. So at any rate, um, certain... Sometimes we say, you know, chant more rounds, for example, on a codice or a holy day, or this, you know, these type of things, how you apply. So all these things, we'll get bhakti scars from. Now, your question is how you can create bhakti scars in others. Well, you know, we, we look at, at persons who are really uh, driven in their life by the sarup shakti rather than by the maya shakti, the mahatmas, and we will think like, given that everything they do is being driven by that, then um, their company is very, very valuable and even on, on just by being in the same uh, room we can get bhakti scars from them. So, it's, uh, you know, that's one end of the spectrum. The other end is, well, in some beginning way, hmm, um, it's possible based on your own absorption in bhakti relative to the level you're at that you can influence others and be a medium through which they may experience some epiphany, some... some. I mean, it's possible seeing a devotee that you could... A guy like dressed like like me walking through an airport, and just, the kid just looks at you. See you later, not too much later. <laughs> so you know, it, it depends on their background also, and, and so forth. Mm. <laughs> uh. So, all right, we stop there. Sri Sri Raju Gopal Ki Jai, Gauri Vaishnava Guru Parampara Ki Jai, Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Ki Jai, Gaur Premante.